0: Pentecost Sunday, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, I know that that's not uh, foreign to you because of your pastor and his commitment to uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to move in people's lives and being committed to the, uh, the traditions of the Assemblies of God that we're known for and that is trusting in the power of the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I know that you have gotten good teachings through him on this. And I'm not here to say anything that you don't know already. I'm here just to encourage you to move forward in the things of the Lord. And the impact of Pentecost. Has Pentecost brought an impact into your life? Has it brought an impact in your life? I tell you that back in 1972, on February the 6th, on a Sunday night, in Mojave, California, in the Assembly of God Church, I had an encounter with God. Before that encounter with God, I had, I had long hair I had a pierced ear. That's when pierced ears weren't even important or weren't popular. And, and this type of thing, I was a dope And God showed up on that night and transformed my life. Amen. Just a few days later, I was working and, and some people came to me and said, hey, Pastor Jack, I saw your car at the uh, I saw your car at the church. Are you going to church there now? I go, "Yeah, I need a I need a break in my life. I, I was having a hard time. I needed some change in my life." And I said, "Okay." I was kind of you know kind of uh, shy about it. And then about three or four months later, I had an encounter with God. Another encounter with God. The first encounter was awesome, but this was a transforming encounter. Is when I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I began to speak with tongues. And God began to move upon me. And then there was a boldness. Those same people came to me. They said, hey, Jack, I see you're still at the church over there. What's going on there? I said, hey, I tell you what. Let me come here. Come here. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about what God has done in my life. Amen. See, it transformed me. Amen. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit takes a, a person who is gentle before the things of God. And the Holy Spirit can come into a person's life and transform them into being a very bold confident individual for God's sake amen you know it was the time that, uh, that Jesus after his ascension he went to heaven and the disciples were sitting there and they were gazing at him and they were watching him and, and, and an angel came to them and says folks don't sit here and gaze at him because he's going to come back again he told you to go and wait for him that he was give you a promise and in that promise you would go and so he did and so we have this, uh, this story recorded in the, in the Gospel of John. Where John took uh, for three chapters, 91 words, to encourage his disciples about the promise of the Father. He was telling them that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you things that, that I've taught you in the past. He will encourage you. He will empower you. He will help you. He will, uh, he's one that's called alongside to help you in any situation that you might have. Now, the Holy Spirit is a person. It's the third guy of the, of the Godhead. And he's there to help you. He is your advocate. He, he will help you when you need help more and all. So don't get stressed out. Just trust in God and the Holy Spirit. And so as they waited... Ten days had passed from the time that they went up to the upper room. And as they were up there in the upper room, ten days had passed. It was a Sunday morning, the seventh Sunday after his resurrection. At about 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, they were together. And they were of one accord. They were praying. And heaven opened, and they begin to rejoice in the things of God, anticipating to receive what the Father had promised that Jesus Christ told them all about. Ten days had passed waiting, and then suddenly, somebody say with me, suddenly, 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 unaware, unexpectedly, God shows up. Like on February the 6th, 1972, suddenly. God showed up in my life, in a life that was totally destitute to hell. And then he suddenly, he showed up and made a a difference, an impact in my life. Have you had that experience before? Have you had that impact in your life, Lord? Suddenly, God comes in, and he takes away your fear. He takes away your doubt. He takes away your your sickness. He takes away all the things that the world has brought to you, but you have overcome him. Amen? Amen. Suddenly. (laughs) Oh, praise God. Suddenly. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. Suddenly. A sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw that seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Can I be a little bit dogmatic here? Can I be a little bit forceful here when it says, And all of them were filled not some not those that were just kind of lingering it was how many what was all what is all? all 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 of them all of you that are in freedom church right now can have this impact of the Holy Spirit in your life. And maybe you already have it, but I tell you, my friend, we need to continue to be refilled and to be, continue to be uh, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. Yeah. The impact of Pentecost, the impact of this Pentecostal experience came upon these 120 people who were transformed and, who were by, and had a passion that to carry out the mission of Christ, they were sold out, they were radical, they were tongue-talking, Bible-toting, praising crazy Christians that loved the Lord more than anything else, that actually turned the world upside down for Jesus, because they were infilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. As we celebrate this wonderful day of Pentecost Sunday, I must admit that over the years that this this event has lost its luster, has lost its impact. It has been set aside for Memorial, Day, and we're not discrediting Memorial Day. I think one, it's wonderful. Memorial Day, we used to have picnics and stuff like that. I think it's awesome. But the idea is that Pentecost Sunday, of course, is on different days. It's not always on Memorial Day weekend. But the idea is this: is that sometimes we just this by. Let, let's let's remember that Pentecost Sunday. Is the and your pastor mentioned it earlier today? Is the birth of the Christian Church? Because after this event happened, it transformed the entire Christian world. As we celebrate this, we see that. Excuse me. As we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, I, like I said, I I must admit that we've lost a little bit of its influence in our life. But I want to encourage you today that God can bring it back and to our existence and to remember it <clears throat> let me remind you of our roots of our Christian faith Luke reveals the role of the Holy Spirit in the church's life and its mission and emphasizing the baptism of spirit with fire and passion to preach the story of Jesus the pro- he promised to empower every believer with the confidence that the Holy Spirit is alive and well and is on the inside of you See, we remember this song by the newsboys that's saying, God is not dead. He is alive. How many of you can say that with me on the count of two? We're going to say, God is not dead. He is alive. One, two. God is not dead. And he is alive. Amen? He's alive. And he's alive. That's why he wants you to take this new message, this new life that he has given to you, and to impact your world. You see, the blood-bought church must become alive again. We must open our eyes. Why? Because Jesus is coming again. The, this unprecedented virus that tried to snuff out the things of the, this world. I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the power of God is greater than any virus, is greater than any lawlessness, is greater than any, any uh, fire, It's greater than anything, my friend, because Jesus Christ is all-powerful and He has given you, the church, that authority and that power to use that same power wherever you go amen we need to be reminded of who we are what is our mission we belong to the risen lord you don't belong to america although you know i hope you understand what i'm talking about here Is that we belong to Jesus. If you've been born again, you belong to Jesus. Okay. And there is something out there that is called an identity crisis. That is trying to rob men and women of who they really are. We see it in the political system. We see it people not knowing if they are male or female. That's so all I will say with that, is that they, they, they don't understand. They, they, they say, well, I, you know, I don't know if I'm a male or a female. Well, I'm going to tell you, my friend, it doesn't really matter if you're male or female or whatever. Just remember your birthright. Amen. You know what your birthright is? It's John chapter 3, verse 3. It says that you've been born again. Yeah, right. People say, well, I, I don't know if I'm a male or female. Well, be born again. Know who you are. You are, you are born again, the Spirit filled in Christ. You're a, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. My friend, I know who I am. I know that I'm a guy that trusts in Jesus Christ. I know that I've been delivered. I know that God has set me free. I know that he has brought me into his kingdom of love. I know that Jesus Christ is alive in my life and well in my life. And I'm going to tell you, my friend, you need to proclaim that every day, every moment of the hour. You need to stand up and say, I am a born-again, spirit-filled believer. Amen. That's who you are. Most of us of, of you that are, are into this realm of computers and, and technology, you've ran across this one time or the other, what they call identity theft. Some of you probably have experienced that, unfortunately. But there is a spirit out there that is trying to rob you of your identity. And simply, he's the devil. Peter says, hey. You have an adversary. You have an enemy. You have someone out there that doesn't like you, and he wants to rob you of everything that God has given to you. He wants to strip you from your peace. He wants to rob you from your love. He wants to take away all your joy. He is the devil. He's like a a roaring lion, and he wants to intimidate you with fear. He wants to intimidate you with, with the things of this world. But I'm going to tell you, my friend, Jesus said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the abundance. That you may have it full of the Holy Spirit. You can't just have a little bit. I want it all. I want all that the Holy Spirit can give to me. See, identity theft. Don't let him steal your identity, my brother. Because you are a born-again, Spirit-filled Christian. You're a person who Jesus died for. You're a person that he, he hung on that cross for. And he said, forgive them. Forgive Jack Wright. He doesn't know what he's doing. Forgive him. And God, when I responded to that, God forgave me. God forgave I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. I've been written, you know, on on my forehead. There's going to be a time that people are going to have, uh, you know, symbols that's going to identify them. But my friend, our identification is through the Holy Spirit. He identified it. He sealed us with the Holy Spirit. Amen? The ID, you know, your DNA and all this stuff, ID belongs into our baptism. Have you noticed that? Romans chapter 6 tells us this. He says that we identify with Christ. The way that we identify with Christ is in His death, and His burial, and His resurrection. Amen? And if you have been baptized in water, that you were telling everybody that viewed that baptism in water, why would this happen? You were saying, Hey! I'm identifying with Christ. I'm identifying with His burial by putting me under the water. I've been identified with His resurrection when He brings me up out of the water. My friend, when we are baptized in Christ, that's our identity. That's our identities in Christ Jesus. Why do we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Why do we need to be filled with the power of uh, have a, a Pentecostal moment or a, a moment that will take care of? Because we live in a, in a corrupt generation. Second, Acts chapter 2, verse 40 through and 41. Peter, after his uh, tremendous message on Pentecost, preaches to them and tells them, save yourself. Save yourself from this corrupt generation generation. I don't have to be a preacher to tell you that we are living in corrupt times. All you have to do is turn on the news and you can see the border crisis. You can see the homeless crisis. You can see the the kids that are being killed by this uh, drug that's going around. My friend, we're in a crisis. We're we're in a crisis to a point that that we're living in a corrupt city. We're living in a corrupt nation. And the Bible tells us this one thing about it. When this stuff happens, what we are to do, we are to look up because our redemption draws nigh. Jesus is coming soon. Can you say that with me on the count of two? Will you say, Jesus is coming soon? One, two. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming, my friend. He can be. He can come at any moment, at any time. And you say, well, Pastor Jack, I've heard that all my life. Well, so have I. But that means just one day closer. One day closer, man. (laughs) Okay. We see Peter. After that transforming experience in his life. The same Peter that that, uh, denied the Lord three times. After he was filled with the Holy Spirit. After he was empowered, uh, had that impact in his life. What did he do? He preached, and then he continued to move the, the, the needle of, of importance for God. He, Peter stood with boldness, and he preached Jesus. And when we track the disciples' lives throughout the book of Acts, we can see they acted on the behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is wanting the church to be alive today, Amen. even though that we're seeing all kinds of things happening to the church. We're experiencing a decline in ministries. We're uh, we're experiencing decline in ministers that are setting out. To get credentialed. We're, we're seeing a decline all over the. But what is God wanting us to do? He wants us to be a church that is on fire. He wants us to be a church that recognizes the power of God. Now, Paul the Apostle is a great guy to, to encourage us in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. He says he urges us. He says, I urge you. I urge you. What does that mean? I beg you. He says, I urge you. I beg you with such a passion to keep The fervor, keep the zeal, keep the fire of God. Nothing is worse than a lukewarm church. Nothing is worse as as people that are lukewarm. Matter of fact, it makes Jesus sick. It says he spews them out. My friend, he would rather have us hot or cold. Paul the apostle said, you need to have fervor. You need to worship like this is the last time that we're going to worship the Lord. We need to praise him. We need to lift up our hands. We need to recognize the power of God in this area. Now, I'm going to ask this question as we get ready to wind down. You know what that means? 20 minutes. Uh, I've kind of adapted that in my thing at, at, at the church there. They did this little thing. This girl made a little song about me. And said about twenty minutes. He said every time he said in closing, and what does that mean? Twenty more minutes. <laughs> I want to ask this this question: Can this modern church live today? I know that we have church. I know we have modern church. I know church today. It's a difficult time to pastor, man. I know. I pastored 40, 43 years. It's not an easy task. And, you know, Pastor Scott and, and, uh, and Colleen, you guys, you, it's not an easy task, keeping things going, keeping things and pouring your heart out into things and, and, and thinking that, that, you know, this is what's going to happen. And then people just seem to not take things very seriously and they walk away and, and this type of thing. It, it's hardening. It's hard. It, it's difficult. But I believe that God died for a church for, uh, and he wants us to have church. And I believe that this modern-day church can live again. Can this modern-day church be a light on a hill? Can this modern-day church be salt again? Can this modern-day church be a major influence in their own city and state and families? Can we become an influence where people look at you and say, Man. That is somewhere I want to send my kids to. That's somewhere I want to send my children to. Can this church can this church live again? I know that there's a great spirit here, and you guys are are, uh, under the tutelage and under the leadership and and under the uh, pastoral care of your pastors here. God is moving in a great and a mighty way, and I believe that that this is only a a tip of the iceberg. God is never through. God is more than what we can ever have. He is more than enough. You know, he has more than enough. So, my friend... Don't even think that, wow, we have a great church. There's always more that you can have from God. I believe that this modern day church. I believe that Freedom Church. Yes, I believe it can be on fire for God and it can be an influence in your city. Not by not by the, the children's ministries or, or actually the worship team or actually your participation in the county fair. I think all that is wonderful. I did that when I was a pastor and all those things, but I'm gonna tell you what's gonna make this church, what's this gonna make this church alive? What's gonna make this church uh, attractive to those that are in need is a church that has the spirit of God in them. It's not by might, not by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That is what's going to attract people. That's what's going to bring people in. Because, see, the county and the state and the government can provide things for them. But they can't provide a brand new person's character that's being born again. They can't provide that. See, only Jesus can do that. The prophet Ezekiel was taken to a valley. A valley of dry bones in Ezekiel 37. Can you imagine? That would be like taking us to the graveyard. And sitting out there looking over the graveyard, over the valley of dry bones. And, and, uh, and the Holy Spirit or God said to Ezekiel. Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Can these bones live again? You know, we could sit here and. And look at these churches, can Ridge Lifeline Church live again? Can Freedom Church live again? Can Capital Christian Center Church live again? Can uh, Destiny Church live again? And I'm not saying that they're not alive, but I'm saying, can they have more of the Holy Spirit? And I say, yes, they can. As the prophet uh, Ezekiel was taken to this place, and as he looked out over these bones, and, and, and he said, can these bones live again? And I think it's just the same as anyone would say. Ezekiel says, I don't know, Lord. You're the one that knows. That's right. One that knows. Then there's, I'm sure that many of us at times stopped and looked over congregations and, and had this thing, can this church live again? Church be on fire for God. Can it have a, a, a use the opportunity of the fair, not just giving out candy, but giving out words of eternal life Amen. and giving out prop, uh, 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 brochures about how they can get help when they need it and where hope comes from and where their need for peace can uh, surpass all your understanding? It's a supernatural peace that God is able to give you. Amen. Amen. Can this church live again? Amen. Yes. In the month of November 2018, I was contacted by a group called Convoy of Hope. Many of you know who they are. They had a, a media team that they were going to go to paradise and they wanted me to go along with them. And it was one week after the fire. And as we drove through, down, there's no downtown, but as we drove through paradise, we saw. I saw structures that were just totally burned, and and it was just and smoke was still rising from that. And as we came up to Elliott Street, I told him to take a right. And so as we went down Elliott Street, there was our sign. It said First Assembly of God. And then as we drove into the the parking lot, there was only one big uh, wall that was existing. They was standing. Everything else was down, collapsed. And it was burning and smoke was still ascending from that place. A church that seated 500 plus and then it had various other things go to, it was all laid in rubble. It was all laid in rubble. Then after that, we drove to June Way, which were, was our house where we lived. And that had a, uh, June Way had houses of what, about 10, 15 houses. And as I drove, took the, turn onto to June way I looked there was not a house in sight not one house there was all in shrubble and sh- and underneath it was horrible and as I said and I walked around the, the, the perimeter of the house and I looked and went up to the front door and, which was no front door but I went up to step and looked and there was my wife's piano keys sticking up out of the rubble the piano was destroyed and the keys were just sitting there the thought came to me, can this thing rise again? But I had enough of God in me. And God has prepared me. It, unfortunately, it, it was so weird how God had prepared me for this moment. And as I went back to, to paradise, as I went back to Chico, and, and as we looked at this and I saw these things, what rose up on the inside of me? And I, I wish I would have brought this picture with me, but I didn't. It's a, it's a picture where what God has showed me, and it was not, not a vision. It wasn't a, a vision per se. It was just something in my mind's eye, in the spirit. You know what I'm talking about, where you see some. I saw Jesus having keys in his hand coming up out of the flames and rising up. And he said, and he told me, he says, Jack, you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. And I stood up and I begin to prophesy and I begin to say and I begin to release songs of faith upon the land of uh, of of uh, paradise and God begin to move upon our lives and begin to move upon our hearts and that's when God took us back to paradise and there we didn't rebuild our church but we bought a bowling alley and we decided to to refurbish that and and so now we we've refurbished it to the point where it's got a chapel of about 120 folks, and, and it, has, it has a couple of uh, fellowship halls in the kitchen and offices, and then you open up the door, that you walk into the bowling alley, and it has 24 lanes that work. Amen. And I call it, we are truly now Holy Rollers. <laughs> Amen. I mean, it is an awesome sight to see what God has done. What God has prepared. Yeah, I know that I'm not going to be there any longer, which I knew I was going to be there about four or five years after the fire. That's what God spoke to me. But the thing is, is that the place is paid for. It's all paid for. There's no debt. We got $1.5 million still in the bank, and plus there's the possibility of retrieving another $3 million after the trust is all done and taken care of. My friend, that pastor who they have just elected, Pastor uh, uh, Jeffrey, he's got an opportunity to take this church and to do something mighty with it. Amen? Because I believe that the church is still alive today, and the church still has the power of influence in our communities. But it's only done by the Spirit of God. Now, do you have the entire worship team come up? Or do you just have Timothy? Okay. Timothy, where art thou? Oh, there, there you are. <laughs> Now, these four and a half years that you've been here, I'm going to say something to you, brother. You've, you've planted some seed. You have proclaimed some prophetic words that you have not been actually seen come in you. And, and, and the devil, he, he likes to steal the seeds. He likes to steal that. And I want to tell you right now that his word, as you proclaim his word, you speak his word over this congregation over this facility and I understand that you have another nine acres somewhere out there right ten acres acres out there that possibly could be developed into a bigger and better facility that will be done debt free hopefully because of the fact that, that you are a man of words a man of faith and a woman of faith that you will continue to pray this so is my word that goes out of my mouth I will not return it be empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I've sent it to. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12 says that he watches over his word. Speak his word. Calling, speak his word. Stand up here when nobody else is here. Come into this place and just begin to speak your word. Begin to prophesy. Begin to, it doesn't matter who hears you all you want to do is make sure God hears you and the angels of the Lord will be dispatched to allow you to, to move forward in that area Jeremiah chapter 29 11 says I know the plans I have for you Scott and Colleen I know the plans that I have for you Scott and Colleen plans to prosper you not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Praise God! How many of us will believe in that and agree with that this morning? Amen. I want to tell you, my friend, the Holy Spirit is moving across the nation today. He's moving across the the uh, these college campuses, and you know what? The agent that He's using to spread the word across the nation TikTok. <laughs> Can you imagine that? He takes something like that and he uses it. Man, we preached against TikTok. We preached against all this stuff. But man, I said, whoa, God, use it, use it. Use it, amen. So I believe that God wants to begin. uh, He's already started the work in your life here, but I believe that he wants to continue to seal this up in your life. Pastor Scott and Colleen, you guys come up here. I want everyone to stand. Can you stand? there's, There's this simple little song. Or you've, you've, there's a simple little song that I've, I've used in the past to allow the Holy Spirit. It's very easy. It's called, Come Holy Spirit, I Need You. How many of you know that old song? If you're over 70, you'll remember it. Okay. Come Holy Spirit, I Need You. Come Holy Spirit, I don't know what you need this morning. If you need a miracle... Come, Holy Spirit. If you need a relationship healed in your life, come, Holy Spirit. If you need a job that you will be able to to meet the needs of your family and be a good contributor to the church, come, Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know what you need, but this morning, as we begin to sing this song, come, Holy Spirit, will you come? And let's spend some time in the front this morning. Is that okay? Do you guys, okay. All right. So let's sing that song.
1: Come on, we spirit we need you. Yes.
0: Come, Come sweet sweet spirit. Hallelujah. Will you come? Just step out of your out of your place and fill this place right here
2: if you need to be filled with the holy
0: spirit he wants to do that he wants to empower you he wants to give you great grace and mercy yes hallelujah come holy spirit
1: come holy spirit
2: and you need something come on up James and Robic jump your tower
1: So King of glory filling just wanna be with you. We just wanna be. to be with you. yes, the world will bow down and say you are God, every man will bow down and say you are King, so they saw are just want to be I'll oh, sing I look till You come again, and I'll dance in Your presence till You come again. Oh, I'll sing you and sing your prayers. With every heartbeat we bring you this offering, Lord, come and fill this place. Father, we cry out, Spirit, we need you now. Surround, Lord, come and fill. Come and fill this place, and I will worship You. I will worship You. I will worship You always, and I will.
2: So thankful for the presence of the Lord, God is doing a work here. You know the Scripture says that some of the seed that was sown, the birds took it, weeds choked it out. But you know what? I'm praying that you would be the soil that begins to produce a thirty or a hundredfold. Amen, amen. So, if if God is still, if God's I don't want to push anything out of here, but you know what? If if you need to go, make sure you stop by the table and sign up for the fair. Uh, find a spot, but you know what? We want to allow God to do whatever He wants to do. Amen? Amen? So uh, we're just going to allow you to go. And if you want to stay, stay. Just follow after the Lord. Amen? So this is kind of a soft closing, but allow God to continue to do. Amen? God bless you guys.